this is Micah with a quick update. We ended up having some technical difficulties recording this episode, and as well as losing the intro and the start of the episode, but we were able to keep majority of the conversation intact, so we do hope that you enjoy our open discussion on Juneteenth and Pride with our guest and good friend Mark. And as always, thank you so much for listening. So Mark, I agree with you. I think that a a symbolic gesture is not really what we asked for. You know, we're asking for better laws. We're asking for voter rights. We're asking for gun control. We're asking for better education. We're asking to not have our votes suppressed. We're asking for, you know, the police in our country to be evaluated in a really true and earnest way so that policing policies can be, you know, safe and in the best interests of the citizen. And throwing this kind of holiday that we were perfectly fine with celebrating without it being a part of the cultural lexicon. I I just, it just read as kind of tone deaf to me. So then you add the commercialism on top of it. And it's kind of like, no, no, that's not what, that's not what we were supposed to be here for. Exactly. Yeah. That's not what we supposed to be doing. Now, Simone, have you seen the, you know, the Juneteenth ice cream and oh, the God. Dollar General plates and oh, everything? Oh, God, please. No. <laughs> oh, God. I've seen that all on the internet. I know. Uh, they on they waste was no like, time. Someone was on Twitter was like, that. whoever's working in that office just reskinned the Kwanzaa print and just put Juneteenth in front of it. <laughs> truly. Truly. <laughs> like that. I think we're like, well, this is African, right? This close like, enough. Like, yeah, no. and, and and Juneteenth, to be specific, is not a Pan-African holiday. Exactly. You know what I mean? It is specific to the descendants of Texas enslaved Black people. I am the I am a descendant of Texas enslaved Black people. So I have been celebrating Juneteenth for most of my life because of the fact that it's legitimate and relevant to me. It may not be relevant to other people in parts of the country. They may celebrate with us in solidarity, but that doesn't make it a pan-African holiday that you can just throw a Kwanzaa blanket over and change the words. Right, exactly. Hmm. It's not even relevant to most, you know, a lot of um, Black African-Americans who are descendants of slavery. Because like you said, it's specifically related to you because you are descendant of Texas slaves. So it's like... I mean, my grandfather, from what I know, his family, from as far back as he knows, were all in Arkansas and things like that. There's no lineage that we have to Texas. So, again, you know, I can celebrate that in solidarity with you, but it's not really something for me to, you know, reclaim or use as my own. It's very specific to the descendants of those slaves. I just I just kind of felt like, thank you so much for acknowledging us. But unless this is some sort of like housewarming gift to to start a hospitable conversation about what really needs to be done, y'all could have kept this. <laughs> you know how like when you go to a housewarming party and you bring a plant or you bring a bottle of wine, you know, to be hospitable, to be gracious. I just give y'all cash. Buy, yeah, buy what you want. Just a just a gift card or something like that. Yeah, buy what that you want, too, but you don't show up empty-handed. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the the United States government seems to be determined to show up to this conversation empty-handed. Oh, of course. Yeah, because it's always for show. I mean, they the only reason why they did it was because of the height of the Black Lives Matter movement protests and everything that was going on during the time frame. So it was just like, here's a street. Black Lives Matter. Up, up. Here's a statue. Up, up. It's up. like this we asked for reparations and right. less racist policing. Y'all said, "Here, everyone can have a day off, and we'll call it community. <laughs> and we're gonna make it's money like, off y'all too." By the way, you're right. Yeah, it's like, aren't you happy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love the scraps that they throw at us, right? And, and then you're just supposed to enjoy about it. The intersection of like it being during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Like my thing is. If it's, I don't know how to say this without ruffling feathers, but so I'm just going to say it. Black people and homophobia is like our ancestral food and special occasions. They just kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So to see something that is equally dehumanizing happen to you also during a month, whereas a black LGBTQIA member 
how like what a smack in the face that was. You're already grappling with the fact that as black queer people, you have to kind of celebrate alone, but then to have the slap in the face from the racial aspect also. Exactly. Of Juneteenth. Like what was what is that discussion about within the black queer community? Uh, well, so I unfortunately spend a bit of my time on Twitter. So, you know, there I always get to see all the like hot takes and stuff. And you are right, right, Simone, that like homophobia goes like hand in hand with the black community, unfortunately, because it's very much like black people for them. A lot of cis straight black people, if you are any form of queer or anything other than straight, you are not black. Like they, for some reason, can't understand or grasp the concept that you can be both. Like I'm a black gay man. My blackness is just as integral to me as my gayness. But when I say that mm-hmm. to cis black people, for some reason, they're like, oh, well, that community or look at what everybody, you're not part of this, this, that, the other. Or it's like, that's because you're gay, things like that. It's like the issue with Little Nas X currently where he's coming after BET for them not nominating him for anything. And a lot of people are like, okay, well, but look at what's been done for gay people, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but he's a black gay man. This is BET, the black entertainment (laughs) television. So he should have been included in that. There is like this unwelcome division between blackness and queerness. So with Juneteenth and Pride Month, it's like... I don't know. It's very weird because it's like, I want to be happy that it's Pride Month, but then it's like, I also hold back because, again, like you said, there is the racial hurt that goes with Juneteenth being a federal holiday and also the acknowledgement of it just being this symbolic gesture where, like, there has been no real movement for Black people in America from things like reparations or less racist system or the empowerment of, you know, impoverished communities. So it's like, yeah, having those two things coexist in one month is very, eh, to me, because you can't, it's my feelings about both of those are off, just because of the history that goes in with blackness and queerness, but then also the racial acknowledgement versus the queer celebration. So, like, where do you find Mm -hmm. points of joy in it? Like, like. Because I don't know, Juneteenth for me has always been a point of joy before it was a national holiday because my birthday is two days before and then Father's Day is usually the day or two days after. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. week in my family has always been a really beautiful week because it's baby's birthday, it's Juneteenth, mom already has, before we got the free paid day off, my mother was already always on vacation because she's like it's my baby's birthday i'm not gonna be here mm-hmm. like you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Love that. and then right. being a father's day baby like that week is always filled with so much joy for me you know even after my father passed away even after you know juneteenth became a federal holiday and kind of lost its kind of lost its luster for a lot of us who actually have been celebrating for generations right I, I, I'm trying to find still my points of joy. So Mm -hmm. like as black queer people or members of the LGBT community, where do you guys find the joy? Honestly, I don't really, because there's not a lot that I can find joyful in these celebrations. Like I get why other people might, you know, make it a celebration or something to celebrate. But for me, both Pride Month and Juneteenth are both grim reminders of just like how little this country has come as far as like championing the rights of those two different groups and the combination Mm. thereof. So it's like, I'm happy that other people, you know, like you said, it's your birthday and Father's Day and everything that goes into it, which by the way, my condolences to the passing of your father, Simone. Thank you. You're welcome. But, you know, I get why you find joining, especially because this has been a thing in your family for, you know, that you celebrate for generations. For me, it's a bit more iffy because I always look at it like I would trade these things that we're doing if it meant that, like, you know, my the black community was not getting, you know, mercilessly shot by police or being over policed or falsely imprisoned or things like that. Like, I would not care about 
or I would still care about them, but I would prefer it if y'all stopped giving us, you know, these um, gestures and celebration and y'all just actually got it here and did the damn thing and made all these different communities and combinations thereof actually feel welcome and safe and allowed to prosper in this country. I feel that. I feel you on that too. So yeah, it's, I mean, that that's just me personally though. And I would never ever knock someone who does find happiness and pride in these two celebrations because it's a very personal thing. And I'm very much like everybody should be allowed to feel how they want to feel. We can always talk about, have a discussion, but I'm never going to tell you that what you feel about it isn't valid. So that's just why for me, I say that personally, both of those, you know, I can't get behind them, especially now Juneteenth has to be added to like, the reason I didn't really fuck with pride is because of the corporatization of it. So now there's doing mm-hmm. Juneteenth. So I'm mm-hmm. even more like, okay, we're like, what the fuck are we doing out here? <laughs> it's like, it's like, we don't want to do anything right by you guys, but we'll be sure to sell you guys some shit. Like, hey, we'll you make go. you an there ice you cream. Go. Right? Like, you know y'all have money, come and get it. You for that mess. Oh my like, god. I didn't even what want to was try that it because I knew it was going to be disappointing. Not that it was the great I value f- version of the ice cream, too, though. I'm like, y'all couldn't have done this. Y'all couldn't have this ice cream. Not the At great Walmart, value. Places. I'm like, okay, okay. I forgot. What the hell was the flavor anyway? Wasn't Red it mango velvet, something? Which isn't Red even velvet. accurate to Texas. Oh, if anything, God. To be perfectly honest, if we were going to be accurate, it would need to be hibiscus flavored. <laughs> Because that's mm. the red item that we would drink in Texas, hibiscus tea. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I, w- I might like that. I could be down yeah, with hibiscus ice cream. You so know? They and then why even do that when they're also selling in the same store an ice cream company that is black owned, run by a black chef? Y'all could, if y'all mm-hmm. wanted to do something really sickening, y'all could have brought her in to make a special flavor. And support a black business, support a black chef, yeah. and actually put money in the pockets of a black creator who's actually out here selling ancestral-based food flavors in her food product to the masses. Instead of just like, I don't want to say gentrifying, but I, I, what? We kind of do, though. kind of yeah. do, though. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not wrong. You don't they want to, like, but you kind of do. They were do. like, okay. It's Juneteenth. What 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 do the blacks like? Mm. They like that oh, red, red velvet. velvet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, at least they didn't do watermelon. I'm surprised they didn't do watermelon say, yet. Like, say, <laughs> oh no, oh no, they could have did Kool Aid flavored. Girl, <laughs> I was. I, <laughs> you say girl, but I was expecting them to be that out of touch. I'm, I'm like, sure somewhere <laughs> in that boardroom, someone did suggest those things, but hopefully, someone with enough brain cells is like probably not, because <laughs> there was a lot of stuff and products that come out. Where it's just like, this had to clear by like 20 different people. And not one of you saw how this was potentially going to go for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I feel bad for corporations. Well, like, I, y'all deserve it. There yeah, probably it's like, was not anyone there to stop them because they still try to do, make a product. But it was probably someone saying, we can't make it too obvious. Well, here's the funny thing. There was a really there was a really good opinion piece in the New York Times about the situation that said instead of us asking were there any black people in the room, we need to start asking how many black people were in the room. Because we as a society, regardless of well not regardless, but in re- irrespective of the fact that we have still a ways to go <laughs> with equity, inclusion, dignity and safety, we are allowed to be in certain spaces now. We have elevated yeah. as a community to a certain point where we are in certain rooms. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, as Zora Neale Hurston said, all my skin folk ate my kin folk. So there are certain black people that are in some of these rooms, not representing family, but representing themselves. All right. And they're willing sometimes to let some things that are harmful, detrimental, disrespectful, and dismissive to us fly in certain rooms. All the name of a keep them on a certain trajectory. So now when we see certain <clears throat> marketing coming out of these larger corporations that we have access to, we have access to being at higher levels of, we have executive acumen, education, and, and, and clout. 
and even connections to be in those rooms when decisions are being made. Instead of asking, were there any Black people in the room? We need to be asking how many of them were in the room and how many of them sat there and let this bullshit fly. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd really like to know about the whole Walmart situation. Because I, I promise you, there was at least one Black person in that room. I guarantee you. Yeah. And that's the thing that's actually starting to become disappointing as well. I didn't even think about it that way, but, you know, you're right. <laughs> Some of us who do get a seat at the table probably don't deserve that seat to begin with. Because they're not coming in there representing the interests of the Black community. I mean, like you said, all skin folk and kin folk. And more. some people are more obsessed with, you know, a check than, like, any type of values or uplifting of their community or anything else like that most people will like disavow their community in the pursuit of money and power and influence so yeah it's definitely something needs to be talked about like how many black people are actually in that room but also i guess jumping off of what you said with these being having a seat at the table there is never going to be just like you can just have one black person to represent the entire spectrum of the black community Yes. Mm -hmm. All skin folk ain't kin folk. Mm -hmm. So you have to have multiple perspectives. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There needs to be the black female perspective. There needs to be the black LGBTQ perspective. There needs to be the even the black conservative perspective. There needs to be the black non-binary perspective. There needs to be the black non-religious perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. just we are not a monolith. We mm -hmm. never have been because of the fact that we're so nuanced and come from so many different places and, and flavors. We're just like every other ethnic group. Like in, in the Asian culture, they understand that they have kind of sex subcultures. Certain people are of a particular part of the world, so they may have a certain food item, but they all cook it differently. You see what I'm saying? And those things are taken into account right. in respect to them. I have not seen that type of intentionality in, on a mass corporate level towards Black people nearly ever. Mm -hmm. So if we are going to make something a national holiday, just like with Pride, there are many different subsects and subcultures and different groupings and cultural amalgamations within the LGBTQIA community. So when you market to them, you don't, you pay respect to the full compass of the family that they are, the diaspora that they are, the tapestry that they are. And I don't see that happening within pride either. Mm. I just, it just, it just seems to me that like, there's a lack of attention to detail across the board with how these mass corporations I guess, give us, quote unquote, the tools and opportunities and supplies we need to celebrate ourselves. Right. And that kind of dampens the spirit of it. Micah, do you feel like that? Yeah, I do a lot at times. That's why part of me, when I first started, when I was younger, I would celebrate Juneteenth with my family. But, you know, it just kind of get got very shorter of a family, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But... Around that, I just as I got older, I even went recently to Juneteenth, at least about two years ago with a friend. And it just it just didn't feel the same to me. It, a lot of and that was around the time that it had already became like a federal holiday. So it just didn't feel like the same energy that I remember as I was a kid, like like we were talking about before. And it's just with these companies and how they just go. Like we've been talking about with the ice cream, all this other crap, like how they'll be like, oh, we're here for you. Oh, here's this. Here's this and this. But it's like you don't never see any kind of energy being put forth to like, OK, well, let's actually have people that actually fully represent it instead of just having someone that's a token that we can be like, well, see, we have this person mm -hmm. here. But, you know, we don't have anyone that's higher up. You know, it's kind of like we have this person here, but here's their boss, their boss, their boss, their boss. And it's like none of them are, you know. So it's like, you're not really, and then also having like, back to what you guys were saying, having someone in there. And then 
I, I even say it on this side, having someone in there and then not even actually if they do represent the culture like we want, will they even actually be listened to? There's a lot of disregarding of being like, mm, well, okay, well, yeah, that's that's all right, but mm, not not really. You know, that's that's the other energy to that. It's like, are you listening to people? Because a lot of people sometimes have this weird idea that they already know what it is. So if someone mm-hmm. comes to explain to them, like, okay, well, it's actually like this. It's like, mm, I don't think so. And it's like, that's what kind of also infuriates me on that regard as well with things involving black community and how we're treated and gay community, how also treated completely awful. It's just, it never makes any sense to me. Yeah. And it just aggravates me that you want the money, but you just don't want to like that's, that's what gets me with the performative mess. And then you also have people in both sides of the community that weirdly enough, like we were talking about black conservatives, like I wouldn't, and I know, like we've said, like the black community is more conservative than we want to admit. Yeah. But, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, (laughs) but it's like, with that regard, you have black conservatives, like I'm not going to say names, but you know, certain ones that that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to say say nobody's name. name. I just said, I ain't about to say it. Like we got to move on. But like four of them. <laughs> she like we ain't ready for that mess yet. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but it's like the certain people that they'll prop up. I'll just say, and that you'll see like people bring up in discussions when we were talking about, especially in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement and about police brutality and many different things that Black people have faced. It'll be okay. Well, this person disagrees with you. And, you know, they'll pop up a video of said person who's a black conservative that speaks the same bullshit. Like, none of it is really worth anything we're listening to. But since it validates the shit that they feel, well, that's what black people are. Like, mm, well, see, that's more right than what you're saying. So I think you're just being a victim. Like, you know, that kind of energy. Like, and so it's just, it's aggravating because we aren't a monolith. And then they'll say we aren't a monolith when we're talking about police brutality and all this other stuff. And then the moment someone else that they like that fits their agenda says shit that'll reinforce their shit against what we're talking about, a legitimate issue, it'll be like, oh, see, well, they disagree. So now we're a monolith. So I'm like, where, where's your energy? Is like, it Uchiwali just... or is it one mic? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what we doing? <laughs> What we doing, oh, babe? Like, I just, I don't know. It's, it's always been a conflicted kind of, kind of month, the month of June for me, because like I said, on one part of it, it, it does have so much joy for me. The beginning of summer, Father's Day, my birthday, Juneteenth, just the beginning and transition of a new season. Cause I'm very serious about seasons and honoring their beginnings and ends. But I, from as as a LGBTQIA ally, it's always been super conflicting for me because from the beginning of my adulthood, I chose to be a Christian who was an ally regardless because it's not my place mm-hmm. to judge anybody. It's my mm-hmm. place to love people and it's mm-hmm. my place to show people who God is in the practical, in the real life outside of beating them over the head with some book and be a part of welcoming anybody who wants to be in community with me, welcoming them into my life well, and them leaving me better than I found them. So being an ally of the community and watching certain people that I have the utmost respect for just on a human level struggle with How do I celebrate myself? How do I participate in this? How do I deal with some of the bullying, if we're going to call it what it is, (laughs) within my own community? I don't know how you guys, I kind of want to see what you guys feel about this, because I've also always heard this from people that I've known that, well, previously know. But it's just like, why would we want to incorporate ourselves? Like, why are we like so wrapped into our identities is like the energy that the people that I knew give off and some of the stuff that I hear. So I never 
for me, I never understood that statement because I feel like in some way, shape, or form, we're all wrapped up into a part of ourselves. I mean, I that get we that. Resonate I mean, what with, you do but isn't just exactly don't. who you are, and who you sleep with yeah. isn't all all that you are. But there's a bit of something to be said for being able to live and move and have your being in the world as you are, and that be a motherfucking party anytime you feel like. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Hundred percent. You know, which is but I mean go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're totally fine. Kind of like kind of jumping off what Michael was saying, you know, people constantly like, oh well, you don't all you ever do is talk about being gay, or all you ever do is talk about being black, or why are you making a thing type of stuff? It's and I was reading a study on about this about exposure. When something deviates from the perceived norm, which in this country is anything other than, you know, white, straight, cis generally Christian or male, that's when like people take notice of it and it's like, oh, you're making it a thing. So gay people, black people, black gay people, black gay women, things like that, they're not discussing their identities or the faucets of who they are any more than like your typical straight white dude is. But because no but people generally don't have as much exposure to those different identities in those different combinations of it. They're like, oh, this is for diversity, or you're making this all who you are and everything. It's like, no, they're just talking about their lived experiences and who they are. And like Simone said, making it a party for them in the same way that everyone else has been given for literally centuries in this country. Like white people have, specifically white people have never really had to make who they are known in a way for them to be basically begging for basic human rights. Black people have had to. Other non-white communities have to. Sexual minorities have had to. Gender minorities have had to. Things like that. We have all had to constantly proclaim who we are so we can just get a teeny tiny bit of what a certain demographic has been given always. I have a question for Tao. Yes, ma'am. As an ally, do you get what I'm saying as far as like being able to want to support them in Mark's point? Like we're, it's not necessarily about singling them out, but if mm-hmm. there is no space, creating the space with within how you make community with them, does that make sense, babe? It does because one of the things I always make sure that all of my friends know is that I am a safe safe place. I and I present myself as pers- a, a person who has opinions but respectful of other people's opinions as well i always want to be a safe space i want to always make sure that they can feel comfortable saying things to me discussing things with me that they may not feel comfortable discussing with other people and i always want them to know that i will always come from a place of trying to understand Mm -hmm. like creating that safe place so where they can be themselves because as a, a minority, an Asian minority in an area where there wasn't a big Asian community, I never felt understood and I was always othered. And so I never want anyone else to feel that way, no matter what race they are, their sexuality, their chosen gender or non gender. I always want that safe space because I never had it. Do you think it's easier for us as women to do that? Because I see a lot of men, irrespective of their race, I see a lot of men struggle um, with that. Well, not only are we women, but we are also minority women. So there's an intersection there. And there's a higher level of understanding because we're coming from two different places of differentiality because it's always the cis white male gender, whereas we're, we're women and we're minorities. So there's a viewpoint there that maybe places that priority higher on our agendas just because we come from a place where or two separate places where we were never respected or understood. You hit it right on the nose. Woo! <laughs> girl. <laughs> See, though, and it's only, just, it's only um, in recent that years that I understood okay. what intersectionality was. And just the simple fact of like the definition of intersectionality as opposed to the norm of the cis white male perspective. So, yes. Now, see, the concept of intersectionality be kicking a lot of people in the ass. Like, I'm saying. It just don't click with them. It just <laughs> it don't. don't. It don't. 
It just don't click. And they do themselves a great disservice. That's what I'm finding over the years. There's so many people. And that's honestly with the resurgence of a lot of this like overwrought, super aggressive, violent conservatism that's happening. Mm -hmm. There's going to be another generation of culturally ill-prepared people that are going to be entering academia, the workplace, creative spaces. And I don't necessarily believe that they have to agree or subscribe or even be super supportive, but they won't even have an understanding of who these other human beings in the world are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just find that to be quite sad. That's why representation is so important. And to all these people saying, wondering why it's not important, it's because it's something that you were never taught and it's something that you never had to worry about. Being a child of immigrants, I didn't know anything about Asians. I only knew what media showed me because that was basically my first teacher about the culture of America. And in the 90s, there was barely any representations for Asians in general, but Asian Americans. And so. Which are two different it's, things. It's yeah. a part of yourself that you don't know about. And it's it's basically a part of yourself that's missing your entire life until you're old enough to learn it, get taught it, or to take the reins into your own hands and try to find the information yourself. And a lot of times, there's just, there's no resource out there unless you know where to look for it. I felt that way about pride for a really long time. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, they, they, I, I love them and I wish them the best and I want to see them right. safe and well and enjoy themselves right. during their month. But that ain't got nothing to really do with me. And then I found out about Stonewall and the, I, I mm-hmm. had to, you're right, Tao, mm-hmm. I had to go dig right. for something like that I, said, I could identify with in it so that I could be, understand what I was supporting. And mm-hmm. like I said, before we started the recording this episode, I didn't know about Juneteenth until a couple of years ago, and I think it was from you. And so me being who I am, who always liked learning more, I went digging for it, started learning about it, about the whole Texas slaves and the last slave to finally be free and why this day was important. And it's an immigrant story thousands of, or hundreds of years before my time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's so funny, too, how sometimes Black people forget that we are some of the original immigrants. Like, right. that mm-hmm. we, right. we, we, was, we was really not supposed to be up in this motherfucker like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we was not really supposed to be up over here like that, okay? Right. So, much less like that. Hello. What she most said people we in America tense. forget that most of our stories start as immigrant stories. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the whole backlash now of go back to your country or mm-hmm. things like that makes or go never back to made Africa sense. If you don't like or it. Never oh, made God. sense to me because do you not know your history? Because I'm pretty sure the white history has been taught in every single grade in America. Mm-hmm. 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 They tell us all about them and who they are. We're supposed to know those things in order to be perceived as intelligent and and culturally astute and all those types of things. Mm -hmm. But the minute we may feel a type of way because they don't know anything about us. Have you noticed that also with some of the Juneteenth kind of and the kind of black side of pride, you know, with like Mm -hmm. celebrating Marsha P. Johnson and. You know, all of those types of mm-hmm. things and, and uh, like making plain, even to some of your white gay brothers and sisters, yo, the whole reason why pride exists is because a black trans a woman trans decided woman. that she wasn't going to take this shit no more. Yeah. And that we were going to be able to live and move freely and own our bars and, and social clubs and nightclubs and be able to commune and dance and be happy in peace without police brutality and being bothered. I see a lot of white gay people squirm when they have to think about mm-hmm. that's where pride actually comes from. Not y'all being in the street with rainbow colored draws on, drinking <laughs> right. drinking mm-hmm. whatever liquor is sponsoring the event. Okay. <laughs> Buzz light. Like I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a woman, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw the shade. Yeah. Come at me. No, you're good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 
I want smoking right. violence with the white gay males, okay? Because y'all She's be like, trying. bring it. <laughs> no, but Simone, you're right. And, you know, we kind of talked about the black meaning, how homophobia goes into that. But now I feel like we can talk about the white queer community mm-hmm. and how racism is always a part of that. Yep. Because, like you said, the fact that, like, pride as a celebration today does not honor the legacy of Marsha P. Johnson, who is the whole reason that this kind of started, you know, with the Stonewall riots and everything, is honestly a disservice to Black trans women, but it's also inherently tied to racism. Because the majority of the queer community does tend to be white, for whatever reason. So y'all want the benefits of the celebration and of someone actually fighting for you, but you don't want to do the work to recognize them or even learn about what they did for you. Mm -hmm. There was just a report the other day of how a woman went to the Stonewall Inn where, you know, the Stonewall riots happened and she was reading off the list of, you know, all the deceased black trans women who had been, you know, killed or harmed within the past year and the crowd of, you know, Mostly cis, white, gay men were like booing her and telling her to get off the stage and starting to call the cops and stuff. And it's like, y'all want to just make the celebration and have a good time, but you don't want to acknowledge the reality. Like, just because it's okay for some of y'all does not mean it's okay for even the more marginalized members of this overall community. Mm -hmm. It's very ignorant, it's very racist, and it's honestly incredibly privileged that, like, the only thing that y'all have to be discriminated for against is your sexuality. Some of us out here, we got racism, we got sexuality, we got sexism, Mm -hmm. we got transphobia. So, it's just, it's very interesting how, like, people who exist and understand what it's like to be discriminated against will still go out of that way to do it to others or don't even realize they're doing it to others. Right. Like you would think that level of empathy would be there for y'all to understand. That's self-awareness. That. <laughs> yeah. But apparently people just don't have self-awareness today because at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that's embedded in America is racism. And from racism, all other forms of discrimination spawn for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's another reason why I've never truly outside of the corporatization truly felt all that enthused about pride as a concept because it's like it really just seems like a celebration for a certain type of queer person and the other ones are kind of just left to hang out to dry yeah that's true because you have a lot of bi you have a lot of trans and mike and and i have had conversations about the whole lgbt community as a whole we have (laughs) they they focus on the people who sexualities where whereas there's a whole part of the community the the gray sexual or the asexual community that is completely usually ignored and so mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just like are you part of the community i think you're part of the community you're just they, they, there's no letter in the acronym for you but i still think you're part of the community and it's it's a lot of focus on sex 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 whereas what happens to the people who don't really think about the sex itself mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. right and I will say, for me, I honestly don't even do, like, the acronym thing. I either say not straight or queer because right. it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot easier. It's but, a very blanket term to Twitter, cover everything. You know, yes, I understand. People. Yeah. But I do think that asexuals do fall in line with the queer community because mm-hmm. the whole point of, like, the queer community is that you do not follow the typical model of heterosexual attraction, which mm-hmm. for heterosexuals mean I have a sexual and romantic interest in someone of the opposite sex. If you are asexual, you only potentially, you may have the romantic interest, you may not, or you may have like a varying degree of sexual interest, but it's different from what is the perceived norm, which puts you in line with the queer community. So Mm -hmm. I've never understood that, oh, well, they're not really part of it. Right. It's it's discriminatory in its own way. Like what, what, why are we learning from (laughs) what happened to us people? (laughs) Which is why when I use the, the, the acronym, I'm like, you know, I'm like Lil Wayne, Weezy F baby, please say the baby. Uh, Please say the A. A. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. We leave nobody out. Like, if we're talking about supporting people's right to their own dignity and safety and humanity, that means that we we don't 
we don't dismiss we don't disregard mm. like you mm. and if you are of that ilk then you should not be a part of the conversation because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i remember seeing a, a, again on twitter which again the cesspool of trash and awfulness. <laughs> our, our king of trash. Yeah. Our king of trash. Like, <laughs> oh wait, no, go to Baller Alerts Instagram. Then you oh, oh god. <laughs> now see you Why know I can't part follow that kind of stuff. It affect my spirit. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I had to unfollow. I was like, y'all ain't gonna be getting my blood pressure high on Beyonce's Instagram. <laughs> 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 You want to reach through a phone and grab somebody's look, neck. Yeah, right? that's why you just you peek in for a second and you drop back and out because right otherwise you're going to break. No, no, no. Okay? Look, like, there it's like there a, is oh, a reason oh. why my Twitter is nothing but fan art. I'm in a safe place. <laughs> I am not. I am. <laughs> Plus, I'm on Clubhouse still. I'm in the trash. Why are but you I, in I, the trash can? I right. don't know. He's our king King of trash. He has to keep the throne. It's like I want the chaos, but still. He's not it's a like... raccoon. He could come out that trash can anytime he wants. <laughs> See, that's the thing. He doesn't no. want to. No, he doesn't. I, no, no, he no. Doesn't. I do. I like... do. I sometimes get out and I shower. Okay? I, I get out and shower. Like, just... I don't but believe anyway. it. Don't mean nothing on... if you're going to go back to that trash. Right. I, I do it in bursts, not like a quick thing, you know. Micah, like I beat Micah, my darling. I eat some uh-uh. nice Micah, darling, stuff, but I enough love about you. me and my trash. I love uh-huh. you, but trash uh-huh. is trash. We'll, we'll revisit this. Yeah. So, yeah, we, <laughs> well, that's we a whole different episode that we can get on. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was on Twitter, and there was like, I seen like this wave again. It still has the sentiments in the community, but I know it's not like the whole thing but it's just i seen like a wave of people being like oh we need to drop the b in lgbtq it needs to be lgt or and then like our a and rt i've seen like a lot of like making profile but and then there's like a good number of people following i'm like damn what is wrong with y'all like you why know they, they hate, hate y'all completely because they're on the spectrum because they're on the spectrum and it's like it's you know it's like i don't know i've seen some videos too about some stuff but again that's like a different topic all the way but i feel like it's a lot of stereotypes so much they can't stand yeah yeah it's stereotypes because they feel like automatically you're gonna be cheating no the irony of a group that has always been excluded excluding people from that group Look, 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 they're like, it's it's our time to start excluding, okay? It's like, oh, after you've wait, been wait, oppressed, wait, 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 it's like, wait, let wait, me wait, oppress wait, someone wait, else. Wait, it's like... It's talking about black people too, and then that means we're going to have a conversation about the black people that want to, you know, elevate themselves oh, no, 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 to higher levels just so that they can become white people. Uh-huh, you know, and it's always the black, it's always the black man. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, they're number one. I want, I wanted to address something Simone said earlier about how people hate bisexuals. And this comes out, this is kind of like tied into like sexism in a way, because for a bisexual man, you know, if you sleep with 20 women and like one man, you're gay. Mm-hmm. For a bisexual woman, you know, you fool around with 20 women, one man, you're straight. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because people always take it back to the man is the like it's this weird thing where like they see like your partner being a man at any point one way or the other as like that's who you're sexually attracted to so it's like yeah if you're a bisexual dude you could just you know have experiment at one time when you were like 12 or something someone finds out oh well you must be gay Mm. and it's like wait why because i did something with one guy one time it's like why is he so much more important than like the plethora or platoon of women I've also been with in my entire life. And it's very, it's like this weird mix of like queerphobia and like sexism. Mm-hmm. And also a bit of toxic masculinity thrown in there too. And it's, it's such an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. You know where I've reason. seen that manifest lately? Where? Uh, where? Y'all are up on this hoochie daddy short trend, right? Oh, you and that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had that discussion. <laughs> Y'all are up on this. Right? She, she said we bring yes. it back. Yeah, we know. Listen, I am for the hoochie daddy <laughs> phenomenon <laughs> and the crop top and all of the things. I was telling Micah when I saw Kid Cudi perform at a music festival in a crop top, I was like, baby. 
bring it <laughs> your belly button boy yes. but the I thing that I'm noticing with the whole like bisexual male as it manifests in the black community is shorts like that body expressions like that are usually only reserved for black queer and bisexual men so to watch black straight women encourage black straight men to do and wear these things you know it's hot it's summertime oh daddy let me see them legs and expect them to carry it off with the same energy and masculine presence and 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 confidence that a black bisexual or black queer man would i'm like okay y'all expect this out of these straight men but y'all still don't want to date the ones that was already doing it and because <laughs> of the view y'all of think they gay mm-hmm. and are they're just they're sullied they're just they're, you they're know, ruined disgusting. because they yeah. think they're the man mm-hmm. y'all y'all mm-hmm. won't date black bisexual men but you will encourage black cis het straight men to dress like yeah. them and steal their swag yeah. you want to see some skin <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It ain't it ain't cool till the straights do it. <laughs> so I, I, I that's the way I see it manifest within my kind of individual heterosexual perspective. But it just never mm-hmm. made any sense to me the shaming of black queer or bisexual men who still mm-hmm. have some sort of affinity or community or even romantic inclination towards women. It never made any sense right. to me. I don't get that. Uh, I mean. I guess, I don't know, for me, I think the whole reason for, like, because it's like, you know, if we, again, to bring our white people, unfortunately, you know, they've had their decades and times for, like, straight men to, like, express themselves and wear, like, crop tops and the hoochie daddy shorts and things like that back in, like, the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, and stuff like that, without it being a thing that was kind of seen as an attack on their sexuality, where Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, black people... We can't, we were never afforded the same opportunities, especially black men, to do stuff like that because mm-hmm. our community was historically for centuries been under attack. So we always had to present this spot of like uber masculinity. I remember I was a kid and I was like, you know, six, seven years old, walking down the street, you know, like swinging my arms, whatever, doing, going about my day. My dad yelled at me and got mad at me, and he was like, no, whenever you walk, you need to have your fist balled up or something. It's like, why are we not allowed to have that vulnerability or expression that other people get? Or even openness in your body language. My God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I remember, too. Where I was going to be closed off, guarded, ready Mm -hmm. to be on, like, you know, the defense or attack mode, and it's like, that that shit is honestly exhausting. Like, I don't want to live my life like that, and and black people shouldn't have to. Yeah, because I remember, too, even on my side growing up, like, my uncles telling me that, too, or, like, taking, like, a certain thing as, like, disrespect if somebody comes at you and says, like, if they say something just slightly off, and you, like, you don't want none of that, and then, like, you know, again, back to the homophobia, is like, you don't want none of that gay shit, like, you know, that kind of energy and stuff like that, so, you know, it's just, like, it always was this facade of just being, like, tough, rough, and all that crap like that, and I'm, like, I'm not that all the time, like, I, I kind of want to just breathe and, like, live. It's like, you know, you didn't really get to express yourself as a black man how you want it to because it's perceived as this because everything is just this and this, not that, oh, this could just be how they are. That's it. It's always something else or something else is driving you. You know what I mean? And kind of what to back to kind of a bit to what Simone said, it's like, I think black women, you know, like especially on Twitter with this hoochie daddy craze and everything. (laughs) It's like, I think black women have always been a bit more open to that type of expression, but they also wanted, black women can be just as, you know, queerphobic as straight black men. Straight black women can be just the same. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. they kind of like, they're open to this type of expression or vulnerableness or ideas because I think most people want that out of someone else, but they want it wrapped in the coding of heterosexuality undeniably and completely. So it's like they want them to be able to like, you know, rock it like the buys and the pants and the gays and everything and like live freely and openly. But it's like if you've ever touched a penis or seen one in your life, then they don't fuck with them. It's like, no, you have to be 100 percent straight, but you also have to have these other traits that generally go with this community. It's like 
a bi nigga could rock your world just as much as a straight one do, mm. and you wouldn't have to do all this extra work to convince a straight man that this is okay. It's like you could just go straight to like the source yeah. <laughs> and cut out the middleman. Like, yeah. You're putting more work on yourself. Yeah. And it's like that also that stereotypes too that go in for bi people as well, like the cheating or that they're just confused or, you know, that they're just going to end with a woman or they're going to be in, you know, it's just so many other things, you know. Mark, that's I never got Instagram cussing you out for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Because they can't take the damn truth? Like, I'm like, what? Well, let me just tell you, there's uh, a block button for a reason. Yeah. I've been attacked before. Come at me. Okay. Like, Baby, you said that. I just really <laughs> I want to say that there are so many wonderful black bisexual <laughs> men who can just go ahead and show up to every date this summer with the hoochie daddy shorts on, pay for your dinner <laughs> and your drinks, not give you any of this, you know, F and F foolishness that we you you know we got going on within the community. And you can live your whole black American life with a man who who likes who also mm-hmm. also likes vagina instead of only yeah. likes vagina. Okay. Yeah. But then I also feel like too that also goes back to representation for bisexual people because that's not really always oh, there. Oh, in the media the, they the act other, like y'all ain't nothing but the, wanted mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. slut. That that or or it's like well you know I don't feel like putting a label on it. Or also which again the trash reality show don't come at me none of y'all don't come at me but anyways <laughs> love is blind. Y'all oh seen gosh. that first season with Diamond and freaking mm-hmm. yeah, that was not good. They're like, oh, they portray, well, this is what they portray bisexual are. people very dangerously. In right? Yeah, the they do. They do. It, I don't know. That's so weird because it's like, you know, on the more I guess conservative spectrum, whenever people talk about representation and stuff, and it's like when people say when you know. All of these communities say we want representation. What they mean is we want good representation. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole reason why. Exactly. <laughs> Accurate representation. Like, like, no, I don't want a fucking stereotype or like a black character who has three minutes of dialogue then shows up in the finale to be murdered. Like, I would prefer a 3D, fully fleshed out representation of my community. It's like y'all be just throwing these tokens into these shows and stuff, use the most. Uh, Offensive stereotypes in the universe, and then that's it. And he's like, "Oh well, kudos to us. You know, we did something for y'all." So then Watch I have show. a question, and and Tal, this ropes you in too, because it has to do with pride, it has to do with diversity, it has to do with representation. This okay. Fire mm-hmm. Island movie. Oh, God. oh yeah, I've seen that. Has anyone seen it? I've yeah, seen the trailers for it, and Wait, I've read the reviews. There is one point that has kept me from watching it just because in the trailer they specifically show that there is going to be a shooting there there isn't there, there isn't. isn't no because okay. i i went in with the i'm kind of fucked up and i'm not going to say everything that well, i thought well, again but, we, we know you're the know trash you yeah. darling. <laughs> but yeah no there's no shooting it's nothing like that ever like okay. i thought there was because when you said that i was like from the way picturing they what the, the shooter trailer, was from the way they said yeah. the trailer that is what it and, seems like there and I, this is gonna come off, but I'm gonna just say it. Like I thought going in with after you told me about the shooting, I was like, okay, there's this white guy here that he's dealing with, so he must be the shooter. So <laughs> I, I was because they kept being like, they kept being like, he's not who he seems. He's not who he seems. I'm like, does he have a, like a gun that he's about to shoot? Like, like, Y'all are in a club. Like I'm like, right, <laughs> right, right. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. It's just that's what went in my head ever since you mm-hmm. told me that, but it mm-hmm. never happened. So that's why okay. I was like, hey. okay, <laughs> okay. So from here on forward, further episodes, Michael will be censored. But <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, we're allowed to have our opinions and our oh, judgments. Okay. <laughs> What did you think of the film? The film, it was okay. It was like a regular kind of like rom-com thing. I didn't think it was bad. It was just, it was all right. I liked some of the actors in it because I remember the main character, the main actor, I forgot his name because y'all know I'm bad with names, but he's a comedian. And I thought, D, you might, Tao, you might know his name. Uh, So I I know their faces, but I'm also bad with names, but I do recognize their faces. Yeah. 
God, I could look it up. But uh, yeah, I thought he played his character well. And I thought overall, the ensemble of the cast was amazing. And I did like the story beats and the gist of it. But for me, it was just kind of like a regular like rom-com. Like I, it didn't like blow me away, but I did admire what was done, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So I, so with the whole idea of it being a regular rom-com, I feel like marginalized communities should be allowed to have that because it's <laughs> like, White people for all of media have always been allowed to have like their mediocre or just generic feel good movies. Like if you watch something, a movie from the eighties, um, anything that I've ever watched, it's like, this makes literally no sense. The love interest is just there to be pretty. Mm-hmm. There's no development whatsoever. And it's like, y'all were allowed to have all these moments of just, just like, yeah, you know, two people meet, fall in love, whatever. People of color, queer people, women, you know, all those intersection identities. We've never been allowed to have that. So it's like when people harshly criticize Fire Island, it's like, were there things that could have been done better about it? Sure, maybe. But also, when is the last time you've really seen a story that has like queer Asian men right. at the forefront of it? Right. So it's like, yeah, with you know, representation. Shouldn't it, people be allowed to have that? It's like the the TV show, First Kill. I don't think any, I think like they finally released the first season, but. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, Variety did an article where they're like, it's a tired trope on teen lesbian vampires and stuff. And I was like, but, but where have we seen teen lesbian vampires right? before? Right? I'm like, but the trope itself has always been tired, but we haven't seen it in, oh, God. They find anything to complain about. Let's go right back to turning red. It's like, Jesus Christ. Don't give me like, a <laughs> <on it>. like, <laughs> That 9-11 thing in ter- about that reviewer who was mad that 9-11 wasn't included in turning red, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Not be fucking serious. Well, he also couldn't relate, like you know, he couldn't relate yeah. to a teenage so it's girl. It's just like it's that stuff. It's like we're finally seeing different perspectives and different people, and it's like you can't relate. And you now this is a tired trope. Now it's this and that. Like it's like, like that white lesbian that said that that Fire Island was like a re- revenge of the black gay best friend because there were no, there was only one woman in the film. And there was, yeah. there was no, like, real dialogue between women in the film. And- oh, the, the fact that Fire Island failed the Bechdel test? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm, I didn't see that. Also, all I heard from that is, <laughs> oh, my God. So not the point. I'm a white lesbian woman, and this is not about me. I don't understand. Right? right. I was like, right. uh, she was pretty much like no, the mother uh, figure. I'm like, I don't get that. No, the creator, I think her name is Allison Bechtel, or was it Rachel Bechtel? Can't remember her name. But like I think even she came out against that reviewer and talked about the situation. She was right. like, Yeah, this is not This is not no. what the Bechdel test was made for. <laughs> right. Okay. Exactly. Like, so it's like you're you're that terrible. But again, it's like y'all cannot let gay Asian men have anything. And like you it has to be about you. No. Right. It's not yeah, your right. turn. Shut up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you know <laughs> And it's always it's that. Like, and it's it it just kind of cracks me up. I think with the intersection of Juneteenth and Pride, mm-hmm. that like it's a bittersweet kind of thing for most mm-hmm. Black queer people, mm-hmm. and that it, it it's because of outside forces that have kind of sullied it or sully it for them. That's mm-hmm. really sad to me. But then again, I'm a straight person, so it's like. I don't know. It it just, I don't know. I just feel like both of them are so wrought with history that the place of peace that should be there, that should be there. I just feel like we do a great service to our black queer family by not pulling them in. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that they're there, that they feel loved, that they feel seen, that they have a place to live and move and have their being in something, honestly, as far as Juneteenth is concerned, that was the catalyst for not necessarily us, quote unquote, overcoming, but that kind of, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. You know how like, when you go out with your friends and you always have that one friend that you're going to worry about 
if they don't text you when they get home. Juneteenth for black people is that one friend texting you, I made it home. Mm. And the fact that because of outside influences that don't have nothing to do with us, certain of us don't get to have that, feel that moment of relief as our ancestors Mm. felt it. All right. We all good. We all free. Let's move around then. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I yeah. don't enjoy that feeling. There's a somberness to that for me. So I don't know. Juneteenth has enough somberness because I always have to think about, you know, how our ancestors were living during that time and how, yeah, okay, great. We're free now. Now what? Now what? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I... Even, like, being free, it's, like, I don't know, there's still, like, all the aftermath that came from, like, that freedom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jim Crow, redlining, yeah. like, just the inability for, like, Black communities and people as a whole to, like, really progress because we just had so much stacked against us mm-hmm. from jump. And then there's, like, you, we have... I think black people as a whole in America, especially in America, like this isn't a pan-African thing because, you know, I can't speak on their communities and their issues, but like black people in America, the descendants of slaves as a whole, we have a lot of generational upon generational upon generational trauma that we are still slowly working on unloading. Uh Yeah, exactly. With no support. It's like, I mean... Shoot, they had anti-interracial marriage laws up until, I think, in, like, Mississippi until 2013. So it's like, you cannot, in less than a decade or even a few decades or so, unpack what took place to your entire people in a country over centuries. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird that, like, for Black people, and not to play Oppression Olympics or anything like that, because Mm -hmm. it's like, all groups have their own sort of history with America, and white supremacy as a whole yeah. but it's like you know with jewish individuals we never would tell them hey the holocaust happened forever ago get over it or japanese americans you know when they were put in internment camps and honestly probably asian americans as a whole because i'm pretty sure white people did not care if you were japanese or not when they were putting mm. them in there but that's a whole other thing <laughs> you know native indigenous americans we would never tell them to get over all the genocide and atrocities committed to them or the way that they're living currently but it's like america for black people has this just weird like oh so long ago and it's it's strange because it's like you can't unlearn or heal from literal centuries of trauma or decades of trauma or years of trauma like no one should expect any community to do that and yeah, everyone should try to uplift those communities and give them the tool to do so. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what is most off-putting to me about so much of this, because it's like, yeah, our ancestors were freed, but then what they found in freedom, you know, their descendants all the way up to us just fa- faced, you know, lesser forms of that slave, that same enslavement. Again, segregation, the civil rights movement, Jim Crow laws, you know, redlining. Even today, with like imprisonment, like, the depression, mm-hmm. the yeah. wage gap, like exactly. So it's just it's very disheartening because it's like on one level we have come so far and have accomplished so much, but then on the other, it's just like there are still there's still so much of the country and even the world as a whole because anti-blackness is global that just doesn't see us as anything other than like animals basically the mules of the world mm-hmm. exactly and i don't know it's yeah that that's why again juneteenth and pride even black history Month, even existing as a black person sometimes like it's very disheartening for me in that sense because it's like eventually when i have children i want to bring black children in this world but i never want them to face the same issues with me as a black man that i face so it's disheartening in that way because it's like I would love to leave them a better world than what we have, but there's no way for this world to get better overnight. It mm-hmm. will continue to take decades, if not another century or so, mm-hmm. for us to really get there. Which is like the most heartbreaking part of all. Oh, sorry to end it on a serious note. <laughs> Maybe we're just meant to sow the seeds for a future we'll never see. So mm-hmm. that's I think it does. 
yeah. it's just something that we gotta it takes generations it took us generations to get to here at this point and we're still not <laughs> there so yeah because i bet you that when honestly the first juneteenth or the first pride celebration anniversary or you know anniversary celebrations happen they did not think that these things would be nationally recognized or one day corporatized or commercialized or be something that would be a widespread event yeah <laughs> i can guarantee our kind of cultural and spiritual and literal ancestors did not have that foresight during that time so there's a little bit sure. of hope in that you know what i mean yeah but again the painstaking like rate of the progress it can be it can be like okay we've been going and we still not there two steps forwards one step back Ooh. yes exactly and that's what it feels yeah. like sometimes within culture and community mm-hmm. now because we have come so forward and there are still these kind of like little pockets little nuances of resistance and God, what's the word I'm looking for? Dissension that oh, yeah, yeah. that yeah. that kind of hinder us that I don't I don't understand. But mm-hmm. you know, this too shall pass. Yeah. yeah. To tie it in. May the ancestors be proud of what we've done. And may mm-hmm. they guide us to a better future. Yep. 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 May the future be better for all of our descendants. Mm-hmm. May we ever keep moving forward to change and a better state of being for all of us. Amen. I'll say hallelujah. Yes. So on that note, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Pocky. We hope you took away some valuable, valuable information as well as again, thank you to Mark White for coming in, being our special guest for today. It was amazing having him. Well, speaking now, of, I, I, I told Micah I would love to be a return guest sometime in the future, especially once I get more well established out here. Well, <laughs> if anyone wants to follow Mark, where can they find you, Mark? Yeah, I don't do social media right now. You don't They're do so. All... <laughs> no, I have like I have my burner account on like Instagram just to like <laughs> see stuff. Okay. But I, again, I had to. You know, y'all were not gonna keep getting my blood pressure high beyond the internet. I was like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> Some of y'all are dumb, and I can't stand it. Uh, but well, next time I come, I will have the grid for now. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, well, we'll be looking forward to it. Oh, but thank you so much for having me, guys. Yes, thank you but, for being here. Yes, but all right. As for today, thank you guys for listening, and take care. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.